Good morning, everybody. I know that some seem a little bit confused. I do want to confirm that, yes, Marissa and Johannes and Jacques is not here. They are um, at a conference in Cape Town that they've been planning for this whole year. So, hence the reason why I am here. Um, today, I will just be sharing with you a journey that I've been walking with the Lord for the last year. And um, Marissa and Johannes then asked me to be here this morning in their absence. I've actually asked for that head thingy, but apparently my hair is in the way, so it's not going to work. So if you see the mic moving too much, just bring a stand up front so I can just calm down. But let's just, before we start, start in prayer. I will pray for you, and you can pray for me. <laughs> right, close your eyes. Dear Lord, thank you for this amazing morning where, like Ina said, we can just love you. We can soak in your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are already here. I ask you to come and minister to each and every person right, he right here today. Lord, let, let the words that come from your word is a revelation to each and every one of them. Lord, we are ready to learn and ready to learn from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in December, crazy, 11 months over. And they say time flies when you're having fun. I hope you've been having fun for the last 11 months. I must admit, um, last year was a really tough year for me in that regard. I literally felt like time was chasing me. And I'm a planner. I'm good at time management, so I was completely baffled at the fact that I was so anxious the whole time about time, and that it was chasing me like that. And so I started talking to the Lord about this whole thing about time, and then he, he reminded me, we had this conversation, and if we think of time, there's two things that came to mind, was this hourglass. Is there an hourglass? Not yet. The hourglass where you see the one glass gets full and the other one gets empty, right? And you turn it over and the one side gets full and the other side gets empty. And so it goes on and on and on and on. And I should actually put on my, my timer, sorry. And so we know that time actually is continuous, it never ends, right? Sorry guys, I just want to get my timer, here we go. And is, it is exactly the same with this timer. It counts down the time, but nothing's gonna happen if it gets to zero. I'm still gonna get another hour this afternoon to have my lunch. I'm still gonna get another hour to have an afternoon nap. We know that time continues forever, and we as Christians know that there's eternity. The only thing that we are sure of is death. Death is definite. And the way that we calculate our time on earth is from the time that we are born until the time that we die. The time in between is that time that we have on earth. I want you to keep that in mind while I'm talking. I watched a movie recently called Time. I'm not sure if any of you have seen it, but what happens is by the time that you're 26 or 27, you are awarded 
want to say 40 years of time. And they would put it digitally on your arm. So you wake up the morning and they would be 40 years on your arm. But the catch was, was that time was your currency. So you would go, wake up the morning, and you wanted to go to Seattle. And you would buy a cup of coffee. And they would say, one hour, please. They would scan you, and they would literally take one hour off your day. You would need to fill up your gas, your car with gas. And they would say, two weeks. And they scan your arm, and they literally take off two weeks off your years. So if you want to go on holiday, if you want to go fly, everything costs time. The only way you were able to get more time was if you worked. So what then happened? People worked morning and evening. That's what they did because they needed more time. People were running from place to place because there's no time to waste. People didn't even spend time with family and friends. It was like, hey, how are you? And I was wondering, isn't that what our days look like these days? Sometimes, most of the time? Aren't we working all the time? Aren't we not spending enough time with our friends and family and just hi and goodbye? What are we doing with our time on earth? If time was so valuable to them, they knew when their end date was. They could see how time was literally ticking off. Shouldn't time to us be more valuable because we don't know when our time is when we die? So then I had this conversation and, and so many people, Leonie and I talked about this last week, people say, I hate being in this rat race. We all feel like that sometimes. And I went to go Google what a rat race is. A rat race is basically two rats running against each other to a small piece of cheese. It's not even a big piece of cheese, it's a small piece of cheese. But it's pointless and self-defeating because the amount of energy that they use to run to that piece of cheese is more than what the cheese is actually worth. So how many of us at the end of the day sit, at the end of the week, we're exhausted? We can't even recall of what you did during the week. What was our purpose that we did during that week? Because it, it goes by too fast. So, again, I asked the Lord, what am I doing about that now? I know the problem, but what am I doing about it? And he sent me to, what did, what did Jesus do? So I went to read through the Gospels, and um, it's not on the board, but I'll read in Mark 1, verse 35. It says, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. This was in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, when he had just started his ministry. And all through the Gospels, it says that Jesus was praying, whether it was in the evening or whether it was night. Jesus was always content and peaceful. It never said that Jesus ran from town to town. It didn't say that Jesus bought a wagon or got a horse to make sure he got to the next town in, in next town in time in order to have enough to do. He was content and at peace because he prayed. He prayed after he had a whole day of where he was healing people. He went to go and pray. He woke up the next morning 
to make sure that he was in alignment with the will of his father, to make sure that he was using his time correctly for what God was asking him to do. He always made sure, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. He even taught that to his disciples in Matthew 6. He said, this is how you must pray. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And think about this, if we don't know what our, t- what our time is when we die, but Jesus did. It even said, right, um, he knew the time was getting near. What is the first thing that he did? He went to go and pray. And he asked his disciples to step in for him, to pray for him. And even though Jesus had those emotions, he was maybe anxious, he was scared, he didn't know what was waiting for him, but he knew that he needed to be obedient to what his father was asking him to do. And he knew what his father asked, what his father asked him to do, right? He knew he was on his way to his death, but he knew he needed to be obedient because Jesus knew that his purpose on the earth had eternal value. I'm going to say that again. Jesus knew he had to be obedient because his purpose, his time on earth had eternal value. And that's exactly the same with us. I want to read a verse, Ephesians 2 verse 10 in the New Living Translation. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What does this say? God says, I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you that I've planned long ago. Yes, sin came into this world, but that's why Jesus came and we are now created anew through Jesus Christ. We are called for a life that's set apart or for a life that's higher, not for this rat race life that's monotonous and there's no purpose behind it. So what are we doing with our time on earth? There's a few things that the Lord shared with me while I was journeying with him in this time, and there are three principles that I want to talk about. The first principle is we are stewards of our time on earth. What do I mean by that? If, if I have money, if I have all my money, and I want to invest my money on the stock market, I'm going to give my money to an investor to invest my money on the stock market. He now becomes the steward of my money. It's not his money, it's still my money, but he's now stewarding my money to make sure he gains a profit and he needs to be obedient to my requests. And that's exactly the same with God and time. God has given us time on earth to steward. It's not our time. It is his time, and he wants us to be obedient to what he asks us to do. I definitely, when I go to heaven, I want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. How are we going to be good stewards of our time? I want to read in Psalm 39. It's not on the board, but I just want to give you a little bit of context. This is David speaking, and he says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you, 
At best, each of us is just a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. And then Moses comes in Psalm 90, and Moses talks about God, and he says, God, you are the God of all gods through all generations, and you have been there from the beginning when the earth was made. And Moses comes and he cries out to God in Psalm 90, verse 12, New King James Version. He says, he says God, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, I would say that Moses and David were pretty clever guys. They had a good relationship with God. Even they knew that we were not using our time properly. They were looking at God and saying, God, teach us to do it the right way. Give us a heart of wisdom. How do we do that? We do that by asking Holy Spirit to give us this wisdom. We read the Bible to make sure, are we using our time correctly? But what is that thing that God asks us to be obedient, to be good stewards on the earth? Matthew 28, verse 19. Then go and make disciples of all nations. And this may look different for every one of us because we all have different gift sets. We all operate differently. We all work in different places. And that's how it should be. Don't compare yourself. Don't compare your time with someone else's time. Just be obedient with what you are given, with the time that you are given, and do what he asks you to do. And please know that God says, even though you go and make disciples, I will be with you until the very ends of the age. He doesn't give us a command and then leave us. He gives us the promise of always being with us till the very ends of the age. Right, the second principle is be in the moment with an eternal perspective. Be in the moment with an eternal perspective. It has two sides. The one side is being in the moment, and that's really hard, I know. Being in the moment means you are present physically, but it also means you're intentional with the time that you have, with the person you are talking to. And having an eternal perspective means that you are mind, heart, body, mind, spirit, and emotions, you are aligned with kingdom. There is um, a big verse I want to read, and I'm going to read it slowly because it's in the Amplified. And if there's anything else that you forget, then just please mark this, highlight it, underline it. But this is really important. Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 16. Therefore, see that you walk carefully how? Living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise, but as wise. So here the wise, the wisdom comes in again. Being sensible, intelligent, discerning people, making the very most of your time, where? On earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity as using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. 
Now there's so much in there. And I do, I would be great if you could go in your own time and just reflect on this again. And what really stood out to me was making the very most of your time. And like I said before, I had such a hard time with this last year. Really, guys, I struggled. And I felt like I had to be working all the time in order to be productive and be effective. It was so bad that I didn't even want to spend time making dinner for my family. I just thought, well, can't we just all drink shakes and be done with it? Because it takes an hour out of my day to make dinner because I believe in a well-balanced diet, so everything must be there. So this one day, I was making lunch, spaghetti bolognese and some veggies, and I was again, you know how sometimes you're frustrated and things that go on in your head and you reflect and then it sort of comes out verbally? I was like that, and I was complaining and frustrated because again, I need to be here for an hour, I can do be doing something else. And Holy Spirit just stopped me and he said, what are you doing? He said, do you realize that right now you are also doing your purpose? You are a mother and you are now serving your family and that also has eternal value. So be in this moment right now. Do what I ask you to do, doing it with love. And while you are doing it, we can still chat but it really convicted me because I was complaining about things in the future and I wasn't in that moment seeing what I'm actually supposed to do. The same with um, driving Isabel to her different sports. There were chunks of time where I had to sit for an hour to 45 minutes and I had nothing to do. Again, I was like frustrated, chewing my teeth because I can be doing something else. And Holy Spirit just said, I am here. You are here. Let me show you these opportunities. Please look at me, listen to me, recognize what I want you to show, what I want to show you. Because sometimes we're so busy with the things going on, thinking about what our next step is, what our schedule is. In that moment, we don't hear his voice. We don't see what he wants to show us, and we miss it, and we don't make the most of every opportunity. And you know what God showed me? He said, remember, everything that you do on earth that has kingdom impact, you will be rewarded for in heaven. And I realized, you know what? Yes, the time that we have on earth will influence our time in eternity. And we mustn't forget that. And the one thing, um, oh, let me show you here. It really, I'm not sure if you saw this before. So, can you see the green part on this side? Can you see it? So this is our time on earth. The rest and continuing is our time in eternity. So this is such a short period of time, yet this small part influences our time on the other part. And we shouldn't forget that. Now again, Having kingdom impact doesn't mean that you need to be in full-time ministry. And that's what Holy Spirit came to show me. I don't need to be at church 24-7 every day. I need to be church everywhere else. I can serve my family and have kingdom impact. I can serve my spouse and have kingdom impact. 
I can read the Bible and apply the principles that Jesus did and apply that in my business as a leader and have kingdom impact. I can be generous with, generous with my time. I can be generous with everything that I have, my possessions, my money, and I can love people. And I can still have an impact. It is not just being in church. Again, we are walking churches outside there. We must just recognize that our purpose is everywhere that we go, in every moment that we are, we must be willing to stop, listen to Holy Spirit's voice, willing to be an influence with our purpose, with our gifts, and have kingdom impact. The last one I want to talk about is God is the source of time. Um, and they, that is in Psalm 90, verse 4, in the New Living Translation. Again, this is Moses. He first explains how God was there in the beginning. And then he says, God, please teach us how to use our time. And then he says, for a thousand years are as a passing day, as brief as a few nights' hours. And David, again, in, in Psalm 39, it says, My entire lifetime is just a few moments to you. And here Moses and David explains the timelessness of God, how God exists outside of time. So who better to ask for more time if we need it than God? Why do we go so frustrated? What happens when we do feel we don't have time? We actually say we don't have time. And you know what happens? That then gives the enemy the opportunity to come and deceive us. We now become negative and disheartened, and we feel like nothing is working out. So now we feel like we don't have enough time. We say we don't have enough time, and now he's going to show us we don't have enough time. Now you become anxious, you become fearful, you forget things, and everything spirals down. But we can then attack the enemy with truth. In, in Philipp, Philippians 4, verse 6, the New Living Translation, we know this verse, it's very popular. But do we actually call in it when we need to? It says, do not worry about anything Anything, it even includes your time. Instead, pray about everything. Again, this is what Jesus did. He prayed in the morning, consulted his father about his day, gave up his time saying, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. He prayed at the end of the day, again saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've given me. And then um, the last verse, it says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Again, Jesus did this phenomenally. He always consulted his father to make sure that God can interrupt him. But also he was quiet and sensitive enough to realize and recognize the opportunities because he was walking with him hand in hand. He wasn't running ahead of him saying, okay, I'm gonna go so long, you come with me. He was walking with him every single moment. And that is how you can be in the moment, be intentional, being in the present moment to hear what he wants you to say. I'm going off track. So um, 
Oh, what I wanted to say was when you get to that point where you feel anxious and you feel frustrated and you feel like nothing is working out the way you should, then stop. Stop and pray. And just say, Lord, calm my emotions, calm my thoughts, and everything that is not from you, any emotion, any thought that is not from you, Lord, I break it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I give you my time because I want to be your vessel. I want to be an influence. Come and take my time so it becomes yours and I'm in alignment with what you want me to do. And he will honor that. And while you are there, you wait. You wait for what verse 7 says. It says, then you will experience the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because the peace that you will experience will be the power that you will have to continue from. And that will remain with you while you are going through your day. And this will challenge you. I promise you it did for me because I actually needed to stop and use the time that I think I didn't have but invite Holy Spirit in and say, I cannot do this without you. I need your guidance. I need your presence. Come and show me where I can have an influence to have kingdom impact. And then my final point, two final points. We all, let me say this, eternity is a time that no one wants to miss out on. But sometimes our work, we love to work. Well, most of us love to work. We strive for excellence in our work because we want to know that what we do is effective and productive. But sometimes what happens is we get so focused on our work and we get so focused on our own ambition and our own gratification and our own comfort that our focus becomes earthbound and not kingdom bound. And then we miss that eternal focus that we should have. And we don't want to miss that. So why are we waiting for it? It's so ironic how you, we are so easy to complain, to say, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to make dinner. I don't have time to go and um, have dinner with friends. But when the church calls for an outreach, you'll just like, no, 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 I'll, I'll go next year. There's always next year. Or if you feel on your heart you need to make amends with someone that there's offense, okay, now, now's not the right time. I'll do it another day. Then there's enough time. Isn't that a bit hypocritical? There's not enough time for what we want to do. But when the Lord calls us for something, we say, no, it's okay. There's not enough time now. I'll do it next year. I was, I was actually reading in Genesis. Abraham's times, people lived until the age of 800 or 900. I understand. They can say, I'll wait till next year. I'll wait till next decade, because there's way more than enough time. After Noah, people lived until 120 years. Oh, far less, but still 120. In Psalm 90, Moses also says there, explaining how short our life is, saying that we only live now up until 70 
or 80. That's it. What are we waiting for to live our lives to the fullest capacity that, the, that God has called us for to make an impact? Because our purpose on this earth for that short period of time has eternal value. And we need to get that. We need to understand that the time is short and we need to step into that purpose. So why wait? We have Holy Spirit with us. We have guidance. This should not be the time to wait. My final verse I want to say, no, again, second last. 1 John 5, verse 14. And we can be confident that he hears us when we ask for anything that pleases him. Again, here's another promise. If we are in alignment with his will, then he, we can ask for anything. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So firstly, God says he has a plan for us that he planned long ago. And we have a purpose with eternal value. Then he says, go and make disciples, but no, I will be with you until the very end of the ages. He says, make the most of your time, recognizing every opportunity by using your wisdom that Holy Spirit gives you. Then he says, do not worry about anything, because through this all, you can ask me for anything, and I will give that to you. And lastly, he says, but you can be confident if you ask me that. You can be confident because you're, work, you're working in my will, you're in alignment with what I want you to do, and then I will grant your every request that you give to me. Because God wants us to live an abundant life, not this life that is rushed no purpose behind it. We have eternal value. My final thought. Psalm 103, verse 15, in the New Living Translation. Our days on the earth are like grass. Like wildflowers, we bloom and then we die. Sounds pretty morbid, but like wildflowers... We bloom, and then we die. Has anyone seen wildflowers? People drive to Maltier to go and see those wildflowers. The cosmos is on the side of the road. People stop to look at it because it is spectacular. It is beautiful. They want to remember it. People tell other people about it. And that's what God says we are. We are like wildflowers. We bloom. His intention is that we make this amazing for other people. In the um, Amplified, it says flourish, that we, that we flourish like wildflowers. And the definition of flourish is a living organism that grows and develops in a vigorous way that has this beautiful result. So again, God's intention for us is an abundant life, a, a life that is spectacular, that is beautiful, not this rat race where everything that we do is pressed for time, but to be in the moment, to soak within him so that we can bloom, so that we can flourish. That is his purpose for us. So again, my final question is, are we obedient 
with the time that he has given us? Are we willing to stop, hear the voice of Holy Spirit, to have kingdom impact wherever we are, with whomever we are? He wants to use you. He wants to use your time. But we need to be willing to give it over. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that we know you are in control of our time. Lord, you exist outside of time and we can give it to you because, Lord, we can trust you with it because you said you have a plan for us. You know the good things that you want us to do with it. And, Lord, I pray that for each and every person here right now that, Lord, you would give us the sensitivity to stop and to listen. Lord, that we can recognize the opportunities that you want to give to us so that we can have an impact on eternity. Lord, that we can be your vessel and we can have an influence because, Lord, we know that our time on earth is so short compared to eternity in heaven. But, Lord, you've given us this time to steward. I pray for, for wisdom that we manage our time in the correct way, that we consult you every single day, whether it's in the morning or whether it's in the evening, to consult you and ask and say, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, so that we can walk in alignment with your kingdom and we can stand in confidence and say, we can ask all of these things because my God has my back. He is next to me every single moment. I need not be anxious I need not be fearful of time because my God is in control of time. Thank you, Lord, that we can put this in front of you. And I break the mentality of this rat race thing that we call as we're stepping into a new year. Yes, this is the end, but give us now the time to reflect on how we have done this year. And we are all in different seasons. Some are busier than others. But the principle is, is we can give our time to you to have impact. And that is what we want to do. We want to be your vessels. And therefore, we lay it down. And we say, thank you, Lord, that you see us laying it down. And that you will grant our requests. And that we have this abundant life to bloom and be spectacular. So people can say, I love what I see. That they go and tell other people about us because we are called to be set apart. We are called for a higher life than just rushing around. Thank you that you will calm our thoughts and calm our emotions so that we can be in the moment with you, be present and be intentional with our time that we have on earth. We love you, Jesus. Amen.